Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Point Kentucky. My name is Hunter Mitchell, and I am joined now by our four-time captain of Athletes Unlimited, Leah Edmond. How are you, Leah? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I'm good. She's now been named the captain for the fourth straight week, so we'll do another little brief touch on Athletes Unlimited at the end of the show. Um, but unsurprisingly, she is still top of leaderboard. Allie Linehan joining her this week as another one of the captains. So Kentucky making its mark on college volleyball, but also professionally as well. Um, the Cats are doing very well on both fronts. Well, let's start with another phenomenal week for Kentucky volleyball. Um, we, we, we touched on that Tennessee game, how big that was for the program last week. Obviously, that, that sweep over Tennessee in Knoxville. Cats followed up with a really nice sweep over Mississippi State on, on Friday night. And then won a five-set thriller back-and-forth nail-biter on Sunday against a very, very talented Arkansas team. Um, you know, I, I don't want to disrespect Mississippi State. Obviously, that's a, that's a good win. It's a good, talented team. They obviously have beaten Florida this year, so they're certainly a team that is impressive. But I think we're going to spend most of our time talking about that Arkansas match because that's the one that, that got the headlines um, locally but also nationally on the, the national landscape of what college football is looking like as a whole. Leah, let's start with that Arkansas match. What did you see from Kentucky that helped helped them get that win in five sets? Defense, 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 and such great defense from 
everyone from the mm -hmm. front line to the back line. I just felt like it kept them in the game. I mean, we knew Arkansas had some big time hitters that scored a lot and they run a very fast offense that can definitely get people kind of off of what they're usual. And Kentucky just stayed so clean throughout that and kind of like just kept on with the paces. And when you're dealing with an offense like that, there's no way in the first like set that you're going to have it set. So that's one of those things where you're going to have to like work through it a little bit. Like, Hey, like we just need to do a couple points of just watching it. And like, once you get past that first set, then you go. Cause now you know what you're getting, but there's such a good all around game and they fought so well. And I think the back and forth is like exactly what you want to see. Like mm -hmm. it wasn't that like we were giving, they got a couple easy points, of course. And that first set, they got a lot of aces more than I was ever expecting. And a lot on Eleanor Bevan, which I found so interesting that they used her as a serving target. Um, but just like they kind of stayed the course and it was back and forth and they still fought even when they were down. And that was just kind of different from what we had seen in some of maybe the other five setters, like the one against Purdue, um, more kind of like Georgia, but they got on a very faster lead this time than they did last time. They got to put themselves in a hole and had to dig themselves out. And they kind of started off really, really strong. And I mean, such a performance by the middles again. I mean, I can't stress enough how important it is to have middles that are firing the way that Elise and Z are. When you have middles that are getting double digit kills almost every game, it opens up your game plan so much because your pins barely have any blocking on them because now teams have to focus on their middles. So I think for them, all around complete game, that's what you want against an Arkansas team because that could have gone one or two ways. And like I said last week, they have to lock in. They can't let beating Tennessee affect the games that they're going to play that next weekend. And I think that tennis, the fire that they had in Tennessee kind of transferred over to Arkansas, knowing that, hey, we can beat the number 10 team in the country. We did the week before. We have another new number 10 team in the SEC, and we can beat them too. And I just think they played so, so well. And I loved the fight that they showed. And I liked the spiciness and the fieriness that we saw on the court because, you know, that's how I love to play. And so seeing a little bit of the edge and the attitude as well, I really enjoyed watching them play on Sunday. The body language was very good inside of Brock that day. Um, I photographed that game, obviously, because I was courtside. But they, they, even when they were losing in that first set and obviously the fourth set, I never felt like they were out of it. They weren't hanging their heads. They were just, look, look, next point, let's fight. And they, again, early in some of those matches against really good teams, it felt like at times Kentucky just, when the snowball began to roll, they allowed it to get bigger because their body language was just so poor. Um, the funny thing about Arkansas is they're a team that reminds me, Leah, a little bit of the teams that you played on with Ali Stuffler. They're very left-pin dominant. Similar to that team, those teams that you all had, you all had options in the middle on the right side that just compliments to you guys, but everyone knew in that gym the ball was going to the left pin, going to you and you and Allie. Same thing here. Everyone knows the ball is going to Jillian Gillen and Taylor Head. Kentucky knew it. Coaching staff knew it. All the media knew it. We all knew it was going over there. You, couldn't, you can't stop them. 24 kills for Taylor Head, 23 for Jillian Gillen. They both hit above 200. When you're playing against hitters like that, there's not a whole lot you can do. You, you can line up. The block is perfect. Those are two very veteran outside hitters. We knew going into that match that they were going to know how to use Kentucky's block, and they did. What I liked about Kentucky's response is that early against these teams that were very good offensively, their defense was okay, but their offense just couldn't compete with the high-caliber offense that other teams were having. Now, Kentucky's offense isn't just competing with these good offensive teams. They're outperforming them. Another match where Kentucky outkills a team like Arkansas, same thing with Tennessee. They outkilled Tennessee to help them win. These are two of the highest offensive teams in the SEC. The funny thing now is when you look at the SEC statistics, again, in SEC matches only, Kentucky is now the statistically best offensive team in the, in the conference. We were not saying that four weeks ago. They were one of the worst. They could not get a terminal kill. 
They could not get the ball on the floor. The funny thing now, you're looking at hitting percentage, Kentucky's number one, assists, Kentucky's number one, kills per set, Kentucky's number one. That's just something that is a complete flip from where they were a month ago to testament to Brooklyn Delay getting better, Megan Wilson figuring things out a little bit, Elise turning it up another notch, which we, you know, she's already great the last three years of her career. She's taken it up again, Ajani being, you know, fantastic. What Kentucky was able to do against an Arkansas team that is really, really good. That's a team that beat Tennessee Friday night in four sets in Knoxville. So, Again, no slouch to an Arkansas team. Sometimes we're, we're so used to seeing the Floridas that if it's not a Florida, we just assume they're not that talented. But these are two very talented teams in Arkansas and Tennessee. For Kentucky to get two top 10 wins over both of them in a span of seven days is wildly impressive. Obviously, they got the NCAA team of the week when they beat Tennessee. Didn't get it this week because there was a match between Wisconsin and Nebraska. A little understandable between one and two. Um, but, I mean, to, to win that match over Arkansas and, you know, Put yourself in a great position for that SEC race, which every person that we've had on this podcast, Leah, they've all talked about. Our goal is we want to continue the legacy of winning that SEC championship. And if, if they're able to win it this year, you might be able to argue it's the hardest one that Kentucky's ever won because the league is absolutely loaded. There aren't many leagues right now this year that are better than the SEC in college volleyball. And that's, again, not something we were saying even a couple of years ago. I mean, you have five teams in the top 25. This league might get seven or eight just in the tournament. So this is a very talented league. To be sitting in first place after the start that you had, being three and seven, is wildly impressive. Um, we have, some people have talked about, you know, Kentucky is rolling. How can they continue to improve, though? What are some areas that you see from this team as areas of improvement going down kind of the home stretch of the season? I think when they get stuck in those ruts, like we saw against Arkansas, being able to find a way to get out of them. I think sometimes they kind of got stuck in the rut and they just kind of like mm -hmm. let it happen instead of kind of taking control of it, of kind of like, hey, like we're not going to let them get another point. We're not going to let them get on another run and still just playing those complete games, just not letting any like how complete of a game can we play? How clean of a game can we play? And I think still we still had to see that switch of putting Aaron Lamb in for Megan Wilson. I would love for them to be able in those hard games games for her to be able to fill one out because once you get to the end of the the season into tournament time like you got everybody has to be firing on all cylinders so I still for her want her to be able to be in those hard matches and be and be able to be trusted to be in there but I think not letting up so I think serving wise they weren't as aggressive as they were in the beginning of the season I think they can kind of turn that back on I can understand why you kind of toned it back a little because at one point they were having so many service mm -hmm. errors and their error to ace ratio wasn't good enough to allow that many to happen. So I think even if you're not getting aces, still kind of putting the ball in the correct spot. But now that you have Reagan Rutherford back, it's just kind of like playing complete volleyball now. You had a piece missing for a little bit and you found a way to make it work without her. Now that you have her back, how complete of the game that can you play? Because right now they're fighting for an RPI. They're maybe they've gone up a couple of points, but I remember last time I looked at RPI a week ago, it was at 20 and you have to be top 15, the host. And I know that's a big thing and that makes a huge difference in tournament time. And so right now they're fighting to kind of almost state their claim in the country because right now people are like, and eh, they started three and seven still like, is this really for real? Or is this like a good run of games? Now they have to kind of solidify themselves as no, we're still a top 15 team and we can show you that and putting themselves in the best position to host for the tournament, get a good region for the tournament and also win the SEC title. So not even volleyball. It's just kind of like the bigger picture, the bigger scheme of like how you're playing right now is going to have implications on maybe four weeks from now if I think the season's over yeah. and they have to realize that every set matters so 
being able to sweep teams instead of taking them the four makes a difference, especially with RPI, because if a team that you take the four gets swept by somebody else and that's somebody that you beat as well, they're kind of like, well, why didn't you sweep them if this team could sweep them too? Like little things like that, which I have to do an ace in it with that on how RPI works and how the tournament works because it's kind of fascinating how sets and points really, really matter. And so them being able to play a complete game, not letting a team come back and get in it, especially because they still haven't played Florida yet and they still haven't played Auburn yet, two teams that are going to try to take them out of the SEC hope too because they're not in it currently. So just kind of being able to play complete games for the next month and really just capitalizing on being able to sweep teams and finish them out quickly and not letting teams back in it. It's funny, we talked about the team success from from Sunday. Let's go a little bit more individualized. We got to highlight some players from that match because a few, I mean, you can really go to every player on the roster really from Sunday's game and say, phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal. Let's highlight the big one, Aaron Lamb coming in. in the fourth. So she came in late in that fourth set. She got a couple yeah. sets in that fourth set. Um, just kind of some garbage balls. Wasn't able to do anything with them. Didn't hurt Kentucky by any means, but it wasn't like it was some kind of crazy hell. Her impact came in that fifth set. Um, like I said, coming in basically ice cold at that point. When you go to a fifth set, the match has usually been going on for about two hours. So you got to think she hadn't warmed up in about a couple hours now. And so she got on the court and was really the reason that Kentucky won that match. Again, you can point to a lot of great players in that one, but she had four kills um, in that set, I think out of six swings. So she, the, the, the great thing about what I saw from Aaron that, that match was the variety of kills that she got in that mm-hmm. set. We saw just a standard cross court, nice shot. We saw a swipe tool off the block, which again, sometimes we don't see from her as much. She loves to bring power. So it's nice to see some finesse from her. We saw that beautiful deep corner shot to the very back line that's pretty much impossible to dig. Um, and then we saw the, the game winner, where she went on the, off that inside hand in the middle blocker for that sharp angle. Aaron Lamb was wildly impressive. And Megan Wilson started that match very well, and I think that's why we saw her saw her to begin with. Um, but she kind of fell into one of those ruts where she just couldn't figure out how to get the ball down. Um, Arkansas kind of keyed in on her. My dog is drinking water right when I'm talking, of course. Um, Arkansas keyed in on her a little bit and kind of slowed her down. And so that's when he kind of said, you don't need a spark offensively. Um, let me throw Aaron in. And I talked to him. I talked to Eleanor after the game just about her and how she's been able to stay ready. And, and you know, they said it, it's not surprising. In, in practice, she has brought it every single day. You talk about on the podcast how good she's been in practice. So it's just been a matter of making the most of those opportunities. And she was outstanding on Sunday. Um, what, what did you like out of her performance to be able to come in that match and, and get it all on the fifth set? I mean, that's like the best example of knowing your role. Like you haven't been starting matches, but you knew that when you got called, you had to be ready. And she was ready and she put everything out there. And that's like, that's what I'm saying. That's all you could ever want from someone coming off the bench. She gave a spark to the team. You saw how much emotion all of them had every time she got a kill. Like that says something about the person and the player that she is. And to be able to come in in a fifth set and deal with that type of pressure, because you don't have any room for error in a fifth set. Um, we used to play a game in the gym with Craig called fifth set mentality. And if you made one error, you got kicked off that side of the court and you had to like work your way back into it. So we harnessed on how much a fifth set means and making mistakes is not an option. So she could have came in there and been like nervous or timid. And she wasn't, she came in there and she was firing off of all cylinders, which sometimes you don't see from someone coming in a game. Sometimes they start out a little bit like here, let me groove some balls in to get used to it. No, Mm -hmm. she came in and she was, firing away and like you said after sitting for almost two plus hours like you don't see that very often she came in and she had no fear she was extremely smart and she won she won the game like I mean she got four kills four kills in a fifth set 
that basically kind of solidifies just about majority of your points. I mean, half a quarter of them at least. And so for her to be able to come in and do that and then get the game winner on top of that, I think that was just like icing on the cake. And that's what you want from anyone on your team that everybody's ready to go in and everyone can be a role player. Everyone can make a difference. And that's what you want going into tournament time because you never know what's going to happen. You never know when you need to throw someone in there. And so to know that she can go in there and answer whatever call you asked of her was really, really fun to watch. And Aaron's kind of the the poster child of being a team player, right? That's, that's a starter from last year. She started alongside Donna Rollins all year last year and had a lot of success. Um, and there was a lot of excitement for what she can be this year. Um, you know, whether she was going to be the L1 or the L2 or whatever her role was going to be, there was a lot of excitement around her and her being healthy for the first time. And so I think she was very excited for the season. And I'm sure it's not easy, you know, having to sit on the sidelines and watch after you've had that starter role before. But she has never hung her head. I've never seen her with that body language. She's always ready when, whenever she's called upon. Um, and for her to do that on Sunday was wildly important and impressive, not only for her, but for the team as a whole. Because, you know, you mentioned it. They don't win that game, I don't think, without her performance in that fifth set. Um, Reagan Rutherford had another great all-around match. The highlight for me for her were, you know, Kentucky going down two to zero in that fifth set and it looking like, all right, another slow start in a fifth set or they got to get out of it. And three straight blocks by her and Elise Getzinger <laughs> that helps them get to a 7-2 lead. Those are the little things that um, you, if you pay attention to how good she is offensively, you sometimes forget how good she can be defensively. And she comes up with six blocks in that match. Um, and when you're playing up against, again, against hitters like Jillian Gillum, Taylor Head, your your primary goal is can you slow them down and to be fair they still had 23 and 24 kills so you can say well Reagan, you did your job she did it's just that's how good they are so for her to get six blocks that day was really really impressive we got to highlight elmer bevan um again another a sneaky good game from her it's funny i was watching that match and looked down and then the fourth or fifth set and was like oh my goodness she's up 20 plus digs Eleanor finishes with a 30. It's a career high for her, and it's the first time the Kentucky player has eclipsed 30 since someone they played with, Leah Edmond, throwing it back to the old days. Ashley Dushek, um, the, the famous libero for Kentucky who has the current <laughs> program record with 40 digs in a match against Auburn. Um, she was fantastic, and, and 30 digs is one of those things. I, it's hard to wrap your head around it. Um, if you don't follow volleyball a lot, you might just kind of gloss over that. 30 digs is a lot, especially, again, it's against so two high. outsides like that. Talk about what you saw from her, Leah. I just saw composure. And like I said earlier in the season, they flipped her kind of to that middle back. And with the two hitters and kind of like the defensive plan I were talking about, you're not going to – they're going to get their kills. And a lot of their balls, the purpose of your block is to slow them down. So you saw a lot of good touches off the block that Mm -hmm. she got to run down. So a lot of her digs were running down good plays. But I mean, I think there was one play where she literally like almost like bent in half to get a ball that was going straight down to the ground, which I will never be able to do. That's like little people power. That's what we call DSs or little <laughs> littles. That's them being able to do things like that because tall people can't do that and get far out. But she was just so disciplined defensive wise, especially with two big outside hitters like that, that can hit almost every shot on the court. You have to be still and ready to dig. And I just saw so much composure and you saw her. I mean, like I said, that first set, they were targeting her in serve receive, which is something you see so rarely. And even though she was struggling with that, she let another part of her game elevate. And that's a big, big thing in Craig in the gym. Craig is like, hey, if one part of your game is not doing well, how can you improve another part? And so she struggled with serve receive a little bit in those first couple of sets and kind of locked in, but her digging stayed 
fantastic throughout the whole set. And that's what you need. You need her to be able to pick up another part of her game when she's struggling, but she was just so, so good defensively. And that's like the defensive libero of the year that we saw her freshman year. That's that same person that we saw again, her just being able to pick up balls and you just are like, Oh yeah, that's a kill. And then somehow she gets a hand on it. So just really phenomenal play by her and all of the defense. I mean, they play phenomenally back there. I mean, they still got 23 and 24 kills. And to be honest, sometimes your goal is just to slow down everybody else and let them get their kills right. that's one of those right. things where you're just kind of like hey they're going to get their kills but we can't let them go off and the middles go off and the right sides go off so let them go off in their little circle but we stop everybody else which i think kentucky did a really good job of and that's honestly a strategy that a lot of teams did when they played against you and Allie. it was how can we stop caitlin cooper and leah meyer and everyone else and mm -hmm. you know they're, they're going to go off and get 20 plus not a lot you can do against Allie and leah but if we can stop everybody else we'll have a chance and that was kind of the the same mentality that we had you, you mentioned the middles, Elise and Najani, 21 kills out of those two combined, one error. Really, the errors, again, early in the year, we saw so many errors out of this team. Only 16 errors through five sets of play. Um, Brooklyn DeLay is your outside hitter. She's getting 46 attacks, and she's got two errors as a freshman. Again, just an outstanding performance from her. It's funny because Arkansas, defensively, they're, one, they're leading the conference in a point hitting percentage. When you look at what they do, it's not blocking. They're like 11th in blocking, and they're digs. They're a good digging team. I think they're second. But it's kind of like, well, what makes them so good defensively? It's the serve. It's how good they are from behind the service mm -hmm. line. A lot of offense don't have a chance to run. They're just all going to the left side. For Brooklyn to get that many attempts and to be that efficient, um, and then even for Elise, they're they're giving Elise 28 swings for a middle. It's a lot of swings for her to only have one error. And Ajayi not to have a single error. The errors are getting so much better. And again, the balance around this team, three players with 14 kills or more. Megan Wilson has eight. Ajani has seven. And Aaron Land comes in and gives you four in that fifth set. There's just so much more balance, so much more terminality from all uh, across the net with this team. That's what you've got to see going forward. That's what the, the the hallmark of the last several teams that Craig has had. They've been good defensively, but their offense with Madison Lilly and Emma Grom leading it have really been what have helped them win. Um, when you look ahead, they're playing LSU tomorrow at 9 p.m. in Baton Rouge. It's another game where, look, you've beaten LSU already this year. It took you four sets to beat them, like you've mentioned sweep them now that's what you need to see going forward the rpi means the tournament is how can we actually get a sweep on this team a team that we should be sweeping um so it's another important game and then kentucky has a really i mean it, this is a tough four game road stretch where you've got mm -hmm. two games against teams that yes you should beat them but those are often trap games sometimes and so they're still just as important and just as difficult some of, as some of the bigger ones and then you go to gainesville to play florida the big one every year and then you go to auburn which is a team that's also ranked and They've got a former Wildcat, Bella Bell, who played with Kentucky in the last several years and have had a lot of success. So there's obviously always that little added um, pressure and intentionality with former Wildcat. We saw it with Sophie Fisher for Georgia. They always seem to get up and play big against yeah. Kentucky. You know Bella Bell is going to play well against Kentucky. So look, this is a hard stretch of games now where you've got four on the road. And, and again, that tough non-conference where you played all those road games, that's what that prepares you for. When you get in conference playing, you've got these. So we're looking forward to seeing, you know, how Kentucky can keep this rolling, right? You've had a great week, a great seven days, you know, two sweeps and, and two top 10 wins. It's what you want to see, but now you've got to keep it going. You can't let your foot off the gas. And we saw that early sometimes against some of those teams that Kentucky quote unquote should have beaten um, a lot quicker needs to continue, especially against um, teams where you're competing for that SEC title race. You, you've played yourself into first place now, which again, a month ago, mm -hmm. we, we we would have thought, no, there, there's no chance of that if they keep this current trajectory. And they've completely flipped that. So if you want to keep that, and I know they do, these next several games are going to be really important in deciding that SEC championship.
Leah, let's transition to Ace in it, because um, I think that we obviously hit on Eleanor and what she did, but Molly Tuzzle and Audrey Whitworth are also had phenomenal games on Sunday. Um, Audrey Whitworth set a career a career high with 18 digs, and it's funny, I didn't even think about it until Craig said it after the game. She only plays three rotations at a time, and she only had 12 yeah. digs less than Eleanor, and I was like, oh my gosh, she's right, that's crazy. Um, and she's one of those silent assassin diggers. Like, you, you don't even yeah. see it coming. Like, you look down, and it's just like, oh, my goodness, she has 18 digs. So tonight we're going to talk about, about the back line defense. We've talked a little bit about blocking before, um, but there's a lot into that back line and how to defend what each position on the court, middle back, left back, right back, what their responsibilities are. So why don't you break all that down for us? Yeah, so I think sometimes in defense we think so much about the block and what the block is doing because, I mean, they're fun. Like, you love seeing ball, like, boom, boom, like, straight down to the ground. But there's a lot that goes into it, especially for the back line defense, and it's really dependent on the block. So, for example, I believe Kentucky was kind of blocking a little bit of ball on the two outside Arkansas out, – two out. Arkansas outsides, which kind of means that you gave them a little bit of line and a little bit of angle, but you kind of only gave them a small amount. So Mm -hmm. kind of forced them to hit things that they were uncomfortable with. And starting with that right back um, where Audrey usually plays, um, their main job with that type of defense is to be able to get the balls coming right behind the right back, like a tip or a shot or be able to get the ball coming off of their hands kind of off to the side of the court. And so she did a really good job of that. And I mean, they hit some balls down the line, but I was kind of mm-hmm. like, how did you get that pass there? Cause I would have <laughs> hit the antenna. I was like, I don't know how you got that, but you did it. And that's what makes them so fantastic. And that's why they had 24 and 23 kills. And so her just saying, you're kind of waiting for the junk. You're waiting for the stuff that comes off the hands that doesn't make it all the way to middle back, but like too far away for left front to get and too far away from anybody else to get. And so she does a really good job of being very patient on that line and waiting and reacting. Now that middle back, we see Brooklyn play in middle back and we see Eleanor play in middle back, which is somewhat uncommon for um, liberos. You see a couple teams do that, but most liberos play in the left back. But for Kentucky, it works better to have her in the middle back. And it's really, really good because a lot of the balls that middle back get are that seam. So when you have a little bit of space in between your blockers, um, hitters, me included, like to see that and pound away down through there. And so her job is try to either to make a really good move into the seam or get the balls coming off the hands, which is kind of most of middle back's job is getting the balls that are touching the hands because you're kind of just sitting back there. Your part of the court is usually blocked. You don't want to give a hitter that much space. The middle of the court is the easiest place to hit. And so you're really trying to take away that space of the court and make them hit on the edges, which is way less court. I think one of our coaches told us uh, here that you have 29 feet of court from hitting left front to the line and you have 45 feet of court from hitting from left front to the back left corner. Mm -hmm. So definitely more people are going to be aiming that way. And so they're going to go off a hand. So middle back is really, really good on getting off of hands and getting all those really, really deep balls. And left back, of course, gets outside of the middle's left hand usually, depending on the defense that you're running. Um, And they're there to dig those really, really sharp balls that you're like, how did somebody hit that? They shouldn't be able to hit that angle. Their shoulder's probably not supposed to go that way. I'm speaking from experience. Our yeah. shoulders are not supposed to go that way. Say, it's you. Yeah, some of the thumb, we call it a thumb down, where basically you almost turn your thumb completely upside down and finish into your um, hip. It's a very hard swing to hit, but some hitters, it's their bread and butter. Allie Sumler loves that shot. Um, and she so won a championship off that shot. 
She did. She did. And she has been tearing us up here with that shot. And I'm like, every time I see her do it, I'm like, I knew that was coming. And I told y'all it was coming and no one wants to listen to me. Like I didn't play with her for almost three years, but it's fine. Uh, but, but yeah, so left back, they're kind of job is to get that really, really hard driven ball, especially from the middles. And left back gets blown up when it comes to middles. Um, that's kind of what those edge defenders right and left back are there for to dig those middle balls and middle back kind of gets all the junk up in the air and the occasional ball straight down to the middle and then you have kind of left front which actually plays a really really big role in defense and you mm -hmm. think it does i used to get torn apart in practices because i did not play off blocker defense that's what we call it when you're the blocker not blocking you are in charge of tips that dumb dumb roll shots in the middle of the court in the donut that everybody hates like you just kind of have a job to get all the smaller things that everybody else can't reach and it's such an important job because you're kind of space in the court um, is very, very vulnerable. People have a tendency to go there to try to get you out of um, kind of the hitting because if you're on the ground or you're playing defense, it's really hard to get back out. And so you kind of limit the other team's offense. But defensively wise, Kentucky did, I mean, picturesque of what you want to see defensive wise. It kind of made it very, very difficult for them to get kills. Even though they have an insane amount and a number of kills, you have to look at the other side of you have two people that had 30 digs and 18 digs and that is a big big number like 30 digs is sometimes what like full teams get mm -hmm. in a match and that's of course across multiple people so for her to get 30 digs by herself is so much and for her to get 30 digs and then have 24 kills and 23 kills still is insane numbers that you just don't see like yeah. very very big numbers and especially in a five set match those are really really big numbers and so i think we have to kind of give everybody their their flowers because phenomenal hitting but also phenomenal defense because at that point when you have two hitters like that you can become very frustrated defensively and they did a really good job of kind of staying the course of knowing like hey that's just a good shot. And the ones that they could dig, they did. And the ones that they didn't, you just kind of have to let them go. But I think they really did a good job of digging the balls they can and controlling the balls they can. Because also, Emma is considered an undersized setter, mm -hmm. which to some people that you're like, eh, I don't know. She's taller than most people I know. But like in volleyball, she's undersized. And that creates a big issue blocking-wise because now you have Elise or Z who are much, much higher above the net, almost armpits above the net. And it creates kind of like a one blocker is here and one blocker is down here. And so then you have this space right here that hitters that are smart know to do. And so I have to give kudos to Eleanor and um, Audrey again, because blocking, playing defense behind a shorter setter is really, really difficult because people have a tendency to pull down over it. They don't go deep like they would if Reagan was up there. They'll pull down. And so it's harder to defend because you have to be more stopped on defense more ready because you know people are going to abuse the fact that she's up there um and they did a fantastic job of a custom and i think that also talks about the team because once you play with people enough you know what their tendency is and you know what you're going to get blocking wise but like i said like here i have some really really tiny setters and people really really know how to abuse getting over them because they're only but they can only get it so high you want right. them to be able to block a ball but they can only get it so high and emma is a really good blocker but sometimes when you have people who have a high enough volleyball iq they know how to get that ball and groove the ball over her as much as possible right but yeah. and it's funny because molly tuzzo is essentially i mean her and audrey both are basically second and third liberos but she to mm -hmm. slide into that left back spot and get the really hard balls, the cross courts that are really, really sharp and, and all that stuff. 
she's phenomenal. That one arm stab, she's got down. I mean, how many times yeah. have we seen her stick one arm out and it's a perfect dig to Emma? It's... I mean, she is very, very good about that. Um, Kentucky is finally, it's funny, we, we talked about how good they were early defensively, but we weren't really seeing it because the offense wasn't going. Now the mm-hmm. offense is going, you're seeing some of these balls that are dug that are perfect passes to Emma that are then going down for kills. And you're seeing kind of the um, the, the symmetry, the, the, synergy, the synergy, I should say, um, between the defense and the offense and how they really do fold together and, and come together and make a team yeah. really, really talented. And that's what's exciting about this Kentucky team is they're so balanced offensively. And then they have some really good defenders in that back row. We didn't even mention Brooklyn DeLay. I mean, she only had only, quote unquote, had eight digs. But again, as a freshman playing against a team like Arkansas in that middle back spot where you're playing against two really talented outsides, for her to give you eight digs like, along with the offense she's giving you is really impressive. So Kentucky is now defending at a very high level along with their offense, and you're seeing it statistically really come to fruition in a lot of these matches against good teams. And that wasn't something we were seeing early in the year. Um, and so again, if, if Kentucky wants to win that FC title, those are the things we're going to have to continue. But it, oh, great. Look, a, a great effort on Sunday. You can argue it's a bigger win than Tennessee game and it was a home game and the Tennessee was on the road and, and you swept Tennessee. Arkansas is just one of those teams this year that because they're so old, they're so experienced, they've been together, the core is there. Um, they're just a really hard team to beat. And Kentucky is also a veteran team, but you've got to think that their left pins are, are Megan Wilson, Brooklyn DeLay, people that either have never played in college or just haven't played at Kentucky. So they're getting the majority of the swing. So from that regard, the team is, is pretty new. Um, so to go toe-to-toe with a team like Arkansas in that regard and to come out on top of it, we really impressive mm-hmm. against a team as better and experienced as Arkansas because that's going to be a team that's going to get in turn in Arkansas, and they're going to make some noise. They can very easily make a run to a Final Four. I would not be surprised um, to see them because they have you know the setting, the outside, the defense. That's a very well-rounded team, a team that serves the ball like crazy, which, again, early in the season, Kentucky really struggled against teams that could serve, and now they're beginning to settle into serve receive. So a lot of these early struggles against these really good teams that led to some losses we're finally seeing Man, it's a good thing they played the Nebraska's and the Purdue's and all yeah. that in the conference because it's finally come to fruition in the SEC. So, well, thank you so much, Leah. Um, Cats get another great couple of wins, another big win on Sunday. They're creeping up at RPI. You mentioned earlier they were 20, I think, before our I think they're up to 16 now, 16 or 17 now after that win. So, they are slowly rising both in the rankings and then also in that RPI, which is obviously the really important one when you want to, when it comes to hosting that instant tournament. So mm-hmm. hopefully the Cats get a couple more wins. We'll be back next Thursday. So Cats only have one game this weekend, just that LSU match tomorrow. And then next weekend they'll play at South Carolina and the big one at Florida. Um, so be, stay tuned. We, we got some some road matches now coming up. Kentucky is still chasing that SEC title. It's going to be a photo finish because this league is loaded this year. So thank you again, Leah. Good luck on your fifth week is this your fifth or fourth i don't even remember fourth your fourth fourth we had six more six more games left oh my goodness <laughs> and you're with Cass brown again this this week i am i do have her again let's go against Allie. Allie. <laughs> Allie's a captain so i didn't get Allie this time um but her and Cass brown again that 9 30 slot unfortunately you keep being kind of leaderboard sure you just keep getting that, that 9 30 p.m slot every week Leah. she'll be I'm back sorry, again everybody. friday sunday <laughs> and monday watch her again the finale monday night um, watch out that's unlimited. But next week we'll be back again. Another recap, and we might have some guests on. We're, we'll tease that one. We, we're not sure about that one yet, but that'll be exciting <laughs> too. Thank you all again for joining us. We'll be back next week. Madness is here. 
Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-427 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.